Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk, Season 7, Episode 3, a look at being road gypsies and the joys of welding. Today, we're talking with special guests from Weld Tubes Squad, Jake Schofield, Travis Field, and Clay Chesson. Let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome to Bevel Talk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm joined by Jake Schofield, Travis Field, and Clay Chesham, um, rig welders from Australia, the United States, and Canada. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having us. So, I have a question for y'all. We've talked a lot about um, WeldTube, a lot about your rig life, what you've done, how you become got started in welding. Now I have the question of, what's your favorite process? That sounds good with us. Okay. So... Um, Jake, what's your favorite process and why? Man, I got to tell you, probably downhill and probably just because I've done it the most. Downhill stick. Okay, Travis? Uh, actually, one thing I do like the most in all all things I can do is a heavy wall pipe where you set up, say it's like a, I don't know, like a 28, 30 inch. The, the metal is like two inches thick. You have your tag part on the other side. And you just weld uphill 6010 and then 718, and just you sp- spend all day welding on that. That's probably what I like the most. Clay, what about you? Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go with Jacob. Downhill stick is my favorite. It just sort of got me ever since I found out about it. Just, uh, I guess, to use Travis's word, the psychology of it. Sort of, not every weld is the same, and not every weld goes in the same. It's a the challenge to lay those perfect welds the same every time. And that's, I like that challenge. So talk to me a little bit about why it doesn't go in the same. Talk to me about the challenges. Give me some tips and tricks on overcoming that. Um, and maybe the temperature of the day, time of the day, your machine, maybe only just a little bit out, but that can make all of the difference. Your fit may be different. The, uh, factory ends maybe have a bigger land than you're usually used to, so you either space it a bit more or just just a lot of lot of things, and you pick up a lot of lot of tricks along the way. Yeah, uh, different rods run differently, different brands and consumables, as we all know recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about you, Jake? What are some tips and tricks that you've got for downhill stick welding? Well, just like what Clay said, just the different rods and stuff that you get to learn how to use. I know that we're learning the 6010 Hobart side of it and all that, and it's just, it's been a whole new battle just learning it. So, I mean, I think the the real trick is, is just staying out in front of that puddle, and it's just chasing you all the way to the bottom, and then trying to figure out how to just throw a ripple up there and do it consistent from top to bottom the whole way. So it, that, it definitely it definitely takes some work. <laughs> that's one thing I love about welding is every joint is a battle, right? Even on ideal situations, you're still fighting gravity. You're fighting heat, right? Every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes by the end of the day, you're pretty done fighting it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And yet you still have to do it right because if we, we screw up, people die, right? Oh, that's right. If you're out of a job. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> Travis, uh, you know, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about your your love of heavy wall uh, pipe welding. What are some of the unique challenges to heavy wall pipe that aren't associated with other welding? 
Uh, well, I noticed that the pipe welding, anytime I have a challenge, I know my, my welding machine and I, we have a very good relationship. So anytime there's a little bit of difficulty, I just go up to the machine and say, hey, you do it if I don't have time. And the machine just takes care of it. And I'm more like a spectator mostly, but uh, um, usually it's like gap. Uh, gap, uh, a lot of the heavy oil pipe is like a big mismatch, uh, uh, high-low. Um, sometimes you have to catch it, sometimes a big gap. Um, also, the shrinks, you got to maybe one side will be wide, the other side will be really, really slammed tight, so you have to run a zip cut through it. And then you, when you run a zip cut through it because it's slammed tight, then you have a big uh, a big land, maybe a 532-316 land in some spots. And then you try and put your uh, grinder at a V and try and uh, chop down that land and make it maybe back to like a 16th or something. But you have so much bevel to try and chew through. Um, it's those kind of things, basically. Right. It's 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 experience, right? You, you've got to have experience with it to really be able to understand and appreciate the difficulty of it. Um, oh, I agree. And if worse comes worse, if something bad happens on the route, just throw in a heavy cap. <laughs> <laughs> I heard nothing. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think that one of the themes that you guys keep talking about for our listeners that are really contemplating a, a career in, in welding or trying to become better welders is to just don't be afraid to try something, get experience, but but ask the guy next to you that's done it before, why, why do you do that? Why, how, what? Um, you have to be a, a student of this craft, right? Have you guys ever ran into anybody that claims to be a master welder? Oh, all the time. Yeah. How many master welders have you actually met? Oh, I think recently, probably oh, maybe two. <laughs> right, and... And again, the question lends to, well, master in welding in what, right? A master of metallurgy, a master of stick welding, a master of TIG welding? Like, have you mastered the entire craft of welding or just one very small aspect of it, right? Oh, that would be very difficult. There's so much, so many facets, everything is so complex. It's just too difficult. Right. Tell me a little bit more about what you guys have going on outside of of weld tube and, and even maybe outside of rig welding. What do you do when you get get back to the trailer? Or you get home at night or you get back to the hotel? What's the life of a rig welder life? What is the life of a rig welder like outside of the welding hours? Uh, let's start with Jake. Okay. Uh, well, after the rig welding's done, then we come home and we do YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we sit here and we edit videos a lot of night because we still have a full-time job. We work 12 hours a day and then we come home, work on videos and try to put those out for people. And, uh, and then mostly it's just, I got a little boy and my wife to travel with me and, and dinners and top golf and, you know, it, where we live, we're in the campground and there's probably 80 or 90 welders in here. And so everybody just kind of gathers up and, and everybody's got their little groups and we'll start a fire or just hang out. And it's definitely, and it's a very free lifestyle for sure. Almost like a modern day gypsy. That's what, that's what everybody calls us, road gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> that and other things, but yes. Um, yeah, that too, but we won't say that. <laughs> What about you, Travis? What What is your life outside of, of your rig welding and welding? Uh, I know myself, what I'm usually doing is uh, sometimes we'll have different welders out uh, to weld with me on my home there, and we'll just practice or whatever for upcoming jobs or such. But uh, for the most part, I I, I, start, I like to travel a lot. Um, I've been doing that for probably the last year. I've probably been to about nine places, and I think one of the more highlights is um, 
Um, I actually went to uh, Ireland and Greece uh, with uh, a welder, uh, a Wally from Wally's Welding World, and um, I think that was probably one of the, the cooler places I've been to. I've been to like being in Austria, Mexico, and and um, Houston, Texas a couple times, and Atlanta, Georgia, and a couple other places. And so I think that's kind of what I what I do after work. I'm always trying to like get involved with other people because it seems like I've, I've attracted a lot of people that like to travel, like to do those kind of fun things, and. And uh, so I'm always trying to figure out where someone's going, and if I have time off, I'll I'll try and travel and join them in in some excursion or something. What about you, Clay? What's life like for you? Well, as of late, I've been pretty lucky not having to travel for, or travel away for work for, for work. So it's a like a ten twelve hour day, a two hour commute maybe of the morning, two hour of Arvo. So it turns into a long day. So after that, there's not a lot to do. I used to uh, play a lot of sport, so I was quite fit, and I'd, I'd train at the gym, but <laughs> I think my body's a bit too beat up these days to be playing any sport and such. But yeah, just, if I'm not working, I'm sort of working around the house. We're renovating a place at the moment, so, um, yeah, working, and just, just trying to enjoy life while you're young still. Well, I think that's an important part of, of being on the road is learning how to, to enjoy life and enjoy the time that you do have where it is your downtime. That is a big stress as a welder sometimes is that you are, you do travel a lot. You are gone a lot. It's long days. It's hard work, right? Um, but, and, and very tiring too. Yeah. And very, very tiring, tiring. Induction heating provides great consistency in heating, faster time to temperature of the part, ease of use and safety in operation. Learn how to heat faster, increase weld quality, and save costs. Check out MillerWelds.com. What is the most rewarding part of being involved in welding? At the end of the day, what, what just puts a smile on your face, Clay? Puts a smile on is probably knowing that that there's not that many people out there in in respect to everyone in the world that knows or does the same job as you. And it's a very specialised and unique sort of industry that we're all involved in. And, yeah, that, that just makes me smile every now and then. Realise that I sort of got to where I've always sort of wanted to get to in relation to my career. So... And look, there's plenty more places to go from here, but at the moment I'll just um, just work as hard as I can to get as good as I can at welding. <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. But, well, yeah, I think it does to anybody that's welded. It makes perfect sense. You want to be a master of your craft, and it's very difficult. Yeah, always, always practice, and I don't know when you when you lay a a pretty slick cat down. That always puts a smile on your face too. What about you, Travis? I know in welding, it's, I'd say it's the opportunities that uh, come your way. Uh, a lot of the different welders and even different companies uh, reach out to you and they want to be, uh, if you're doing a lot of interesting uh, opportunities kind of things, they reach out to you and they, they themselves want to be part of it also. Uh, uh, able to travel. Uh, guys will fly out different places. Hey, come be a part of what we're doing. And also uh, training and teaching other other guys, like guys will come to you and, and you know, like um, 
they, they want to be somewhere uh, in their career and you can, you have the opportunities, you have the resources, you can help these people. And so they help them reach their potential and everything. And it's uh, that in a way is, is very re- rewarding as well. I agree. Jake, we'll put the smile on your face. What do you love about welding? Oh, I, you know, we get welder helpers, what these guys would call an apprentice. And, uh, uh, just to be able to sit there and watch those guys. And when you get a really good one that really wants to be there and really wants to learn, number one, they're on top of everything, which is great. And number two, it's it's your job to teach that person what what they need to know. Now, you might not be the only welder that's working on them. And, I mean, they might leave you and go to somebody else, and they're going to pick up all these little things. But just like what Travis said, to be able to – mold somebody and take somebody from maybe i don't know not knowing a whole lot about it to being able to buy a rig truck and being able to put a well machine in the back of his truck and then go out and make this kind of money and be able to travel and live his own life or her life uh it's just an awesome thing to do i love breaking out helpers and i mean having having and just like what clay said there's not that many people that are this specialized in what they do and it's awesome to be able to just help somebody get involved in it. So with that specialization and with that, you know, that drive to be better in industry, are you guys seeing any trends or any changes that are coming to the welding industry that, that our listeners need to be aware of and be ready for? I think probably social media and, and more, um, um, you know, seeing more videos of it. It's, I think that's become more popular uh, in the last couple of years, especially with YouTube. Uh, picking up and then well to uh, bringing welders from all over the world and doing collaborations like with the ocean corporation and and uh, you know investing in the fab tech investing into their junior senior high school welding competition and um, those kind of things i think it's it's going to be a lot more popular and, and i don't know if the training facilities may um, if anything will happen to them uh, but i know that that visually uh, being able to access learning and training and everything on uh, YouTube. Um, that's, I think that's where things are going. Anybody else have anything to add? Yeah. Uh, versatility. I mean, I, I know just, just in our industry, the oil and gas, uh, it's very much just, you're either a downhill welder or you're an uphill welder and you, you meet very few people that can do everything. And, uh, I, I, I know that oil and gas is very volatile. It's very up and down, and it just kind of, I mean, you can you can definitely stay busy in it, but it's very up and down. But uh, if, you, if you have the skills of being able to, like, go TIG something, like how Clay and Travis can do that, they can, they can go into different industries to stay working. So I think just the ability to be versatile and be able to do multiple processes is, is going to be a very big thing. Clay, you have anything to add from an Australian perspective? Just innovation from companies like yourself and other notable big companies that are making it easier for ourselves. With like, not to mention the Pipe Pro, the Miller Big Blue. Like the amount of adjustability on the new ones. I was in the, my local welding shop the other day, and we've only just got the new version of the big blue in with all the adjustabilities but like man you can you can dial that in 
for anything you like. Like from yeah, you got a hundred a hundred values of adjustment just in the art force. Like just yeah, just innovation. Like that's the that's the common trend I probably am seeing. Yeah, technology is getting way better, and and we need to be able to adapt with that. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to get with us. Um, I have about 30 seconds, but give us a scoop on some upcoming content. What do you have coming out? I'd say we're going to have a pretty cool um, Fabtech visit video coming out real soon. So on our YouTube channel, so we're doing a bunch of bed builds and grill builds and things like that, but that's Really, it's just trying to squeeze it all in with the full-time gig. And Travis? I know, I know myself as taking more pictures of my welds here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, from there, it's going to be in FabTech in about a week, and then I'm just going to hype everything out that I'm there. Uh, almost almost following what The Rock does on Instagram, where it's collaborate, 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 hype up everything, uh, get other people involved, and follow that kind of format for success. So FabTech is going to be fantastic and hype up everything there. Mostly going to be doing podcasts with Jimmy there. And then um, also the, the welding in the Miller booth and the, the other booths there, uh, different companies for different uh, dem- welding demonstrations. And then uh, it'll be off to Houston, Texas. And then I know we're going to do the underwater welding. And I think we might be able to get to go to uh, Arkansas City, Kansas, with hang with uh, Bob Moffat. I think we might be able to get to do that. But, um, yeah, so far that's what I think we're going to be planning up till about the 24th of uh, November. Fantastic. Guys, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for talking with us. Um, I can't wait to get these out and let you all listen to them and, and promote them with you and, and, and push WeldTube forward and help, help push the bevel forward. So thank you. Well, fantastic. Thank, thank you very much for having us on here. Thanks for having us on. It's been amazing. Yeah. Y'all have a good one. Be safe. Travel safe. And I'll see you at FabTech. 